Hello, this is Chris O'Regan, and you're listening to The Sausage Factory. This is episode 460 of The Sausage Factory. In this episode, I interview Emma Johansson of Runaway Play and ask them about the design and development of their environmental adventure game, Flutter Away. Now, a bit of housekeeping, but, uh, well, maybe practicalities. Explanation, that's better. Runaway Play is a New Zealand-based developer. It's not the first... New Zealand developer we've had on the show. We've had a lot, actually. But um, in this particular instance, we had a bit of a delay between us. And there were some times when Emma was inadvertently speaking over me and vice versa. It wasn't being rude. It's because we had this delay. We tried to counter for it, but uh, it didn't quite work sometimes. So do bear with us when when you listen to this show. That aside, Flutter Away is... A lovely game. Oh, there's that word lovely, but it really is. It's just unapologetic about its intentions, and that's fine. It's a non-violent game. You're just going around, I say just, exploring the environment around you that you find yourself in. You're in this beautiful rainforest, and you're just examining the wildlife and creatures within it. It's just really uplifting and good and fun and well made which is why it's being featured on the sausage factory music for this episode is drawn from the game as always and it's been composed and created by summertone interactive links from where you can get the uh, soundtrack for flutter away are contained in this week's show notes so without further ado Let's listen to me from the relatively recent past talk to Emma about how they made Flutter Away. Hello, Emma. Hello. 
Could you tell us who you are and what you do? Okay, so my name is uh, Emma Johansson and I work as the creative director at Runaway Play, which is an independent game studio based in New Zealand. And I'm also originally from Sweden, and hence my uh, hybrid accent, if anyone is wondering. And my role specifically on Flutter Away was as the director or product owner, as we call it uh, at our studio. But as we're a small team uh, working on get the game, I was also uh, the game designer and a 2D artist on the project. Right. Oh, that's your fault then. All those lovely sketches and stuff. Lovely. So how did you make your start making video games? So I kind of grew up uh, playing games a lot with my twin brother. And my twin brother also works for Runaway. Um, but we we didn't have a console at home. Uh, so we kind of spend a lot of time at our friend's house um, who did have a console. And I think it got to a point where our parents were a bit embarrassed that we spent so much time at our neighbor's place and and maybe they also missed having us around so they bought us our first console which was a good boy um and that was some type of bootleg version of uh, the nintendo famicom like the 8-bit system um, and then we were about six years old then and on our 11th birthday we received the playstation together and i remember that as sort of the highlight of uh, my childhood um, and even though like i grew up as a gamer and i played a lot of games i never really thought it was a possibility to have a career in making games um but i also loved art um um, and in Sweden, when you start high school, you can kind of choose a direction for your studies. For example, you can choose a more science-based education or a more social studies-based education. But you can also choose things like music, theater, like art or media. And I chose art. So I spent three years trying out various uh, art techniques like drawing with oil, making sculptures, ceramics, like different type of print techniques and some digital uh, art as well. And But still, like after graduating that, I didn't think it was realistic um, to kind of work with art or, or do games still. Um, I, I guess I sort of saw it more of a hobby and not a real job. Um, but then after high school, I had this year when I didn't really know what to do. I didn't really know what I wanted to be in life at all. Um, I worked at a cafe during the day. And on my spare time, I was playing a lot of World of Warcraft with my boyfriend. And I was drawing uh, fan art. Um, then um, I got dumped. So I was kind of in a situation where my heart was broken, I hated my job, and I was awkwardly playing World of Warcraft. Um, but then I didn't really want to do it anymore because, yeah, it just felt really awkward of meeting my ex online in that online world. So I really needed to do something else with my life. Uh, and then an old uh, IRC friend of mine told me that, uh, why don't you study game design at this school at the University of Gotland? Um, which is also in Sweden. Um, 
And that was kind of the first time I even considered the thought of making kind of my interest into a career. So I think uh, the mixture of getting dumped and hating my job and also being extremely bored <laughs> at the time gave me some sort of confidence um, and determination to think, like, yeah, I'm going to be a game designer. So um, I applied to the education and I got accepted. Um so, and I also have to say that I'm really lucky that the education uh, and university in Sweden is free, um, which is something I know now when I live overseas, it's not the case everywhere. So that was like a real privilege to even be able to do that. Um, but I have now a bachelor's degree in game design and science with a major in arts. And that's kind of how I got into making games. Who knew the World of Warcraft and a Broken Heart would then lead you to make this rather wondrous little game that is flutter away. Thanks, thanks, thanks for thanks, Wow, and your terrible 40 man raids. <laughs> now, next question. As a creator, what are your biggest yeah. influences? Yeah, I'd say like my biggest influence is probably uh, nature. Uh, like both when it comes to like my work, like at Runaway like our games are all inspired by the natural world is sort of the tagline for our company but also in my personal art um like i love a good view and i love spending time in nature and i especially love like forest and, and animals and when i grew up my mom uh, took me and my siblings out in nature all the time and like she really loved flowers and the forest and i think that really rubbed off on me and in terms of sort of design influence there are like I think in nature have a lot of really perfectly balanced systems in them already um, so I think uh, nature can inspire you for for lot of inspire me for creating like really cool game mechanics as well um, yeah I mean, in, in Flutter Away, it, one of the systems is like, yeah, the metamorphosis of a butterfly or the day-night cycle and things like that. Uh, so, yeah, nature is probably my biggest source of inspiration. And I find it very, like, timeless of a theme to be inspired by, too. Because I do get inspired by a lot of other games and media and things I consumed as a, as a kid or a young adult. But I think that... Um, it sort of comes and goes in terms of what in, inspires me, but nature is kind of this constant thing that uh, I bring with me all the time. Yeah. The connectivity we have with the rest of living beings and living things, that's what I get from, yeah. from what you make. Correct. I agree with that. So next question. What video game developer do you admire most and why? So I really kind of love the idea of the small teams making something personal, like um, Frog Detective by Grace Bruxner or um, Wide Ocean Big Jacket by Turnfollow or Dysphoria by Anna Anthropy. Like those are sort of three games that um, I really loved and I am, admire the creation of them. And to me, it's just really inspiring the sort of thought that you don't um, need a massive studio with a huge budget to create something that's really extraordinary. Um, and I think that's something that 
um, is unique to games as well. Um, but on the opposite side to that, I also am a huge fan of Nintendo, and I love how they like truly make games that appeal for everybody. Um, and Animal Crossing and uh, Mario Kart are sort of my favorite games. Yes, Animal Crossing, the game that got us through the pandemic, at least for yes, me. Yes, it really did. Yeah, the day before um, New Zealand went into lockdown, I got um, Animal Crossing uh, <laughs> came to me. So, yeah, it really helped me through that. Though I still love uh, New Leaf for the Nintendo 3DS better than New Horizon. Though I love them both. No, I understand. There's more feature content there. It's odd that, but there it is. Yeah. Last question here, the first half. What are you playing right now? So lately I've been really obsessed with um, Usagi Shima, uh, which is a game that came out a week ago, and it's a mobile game where you become the caretaker of an island and that you can decorate, and, and your decorations attract the bunnies to the island. Um, and then you kind of leave the island and then come back and then there's other bunnies and it just has this really beautiful hand-drawn watercolor feel to it and it's also made by a solo developer and so that's yeah that's what i'm playing and i at the, this point in my life i don't have a lot of time to play games because i have a, an almost two-year-old at home and yeah working full-time so um those types of small experience and a lot of mobile games is what I'm playing at the moment. And the name of the game again? Uh, Usagi Shima. Okay, and it's on mobile. Highly recommended. I guess. It's on mobile. Yeah, okay. Just want to make sure the listeners know that one so they can start searching it on their relevant stores. Yes. Good stuff. Yes. That's the first half over and done with. Let's move on the second half of the show where we shall delve deep into Flutter Away
do it. So, before we can do that, we need to know what Flutter Away is. So, Emma, please, in your own words, what is Flutter Away? Yep. Um, so, Flutter Away is a um, short nature exploration game uh, where the player takes on the role of a butterfly researcher that goes camping in the Amazon rainforest. So for five days and nights, uh, you're tasked with finding and photographing and documenting several species of butterflies and moths. And during your journey, you'll discover other things in the environment like frogs, flowers, as well as a shy capybara that lives really close to your camp. And in terms of its mechanics, it's kind of mixing a walking sim with camera mechanic and a little bit of a hidden object game, I'd say. Yeah, it is. It is. And I think that's a fair description. But there's one aspect that I want to delve into right now, my first design question in Flutter Away. Is there seems to be, from what I've played of it, is there's a desire for the player to feel, feel the same experience as the main protagonist. Because you are playing someone from a first-person perspective. You're seeing through their eyes. What have you done in the design of Flutter Away to maintain this sense of attachment to the protagonist from the player? Well, it's a, it's a great question. Um, I think I need to kind of just explain a little bit about this sort of whole production phase of Flutter Away uh, for it all to make sense. So sort of the production of Flutter Away was a little bit unique because the game was actually originally designed as a VR game. Um, so it was made for Google Daydream back in 2017 and the Google Daydream as a platform got discontinued. So uh, this game, we had this game that we've made uh, that no one could no longer play. And um, there was only like a few hundred people that had been able to play the game uh, on that platform. Um, and for a long time, us as a studio, we really didn't have a good business case for porting the game to other platforms so we had this game that we loved but didn't know what to do with but then in 2022 we decided to update the game and, and make it a port to sort of pc mac and switch um but because it was sort of a vr game and that was our first experience creating a vr game we approached the design of the game uh with very user testing focus so we built a testing lab um, at our studio and we kind of had as part of that testing session we asked the players when they played the mechanics how are you feeling when you're playing this um, um what what in <clears throat> sorry <laughs> um we asked the testers a lot of questions during that development and we basically knew exactly how uh, the user testers felt when they were trying out certain mechanics um, and I think because we did so much testing, we could kind of see how players behavior in their environment. And then we really catered towards that in the design. And another thing we did as part of the design process, 
uh, was outlining how we wanted the player to feel each day, um, as well as designing a theme for each day. And then we did our best to tailor the experience to match that. Um, for example, the first day, we wanted the overall tone to feel warm, welcoming and safe, but at the same time, a little bit fragile. Um, and that the player, we wanted the player to feel a little bit of hesitancy and a little bit insecure uh, because she's new in the space, but the overall feeling we wanted was excitement. And because this this is kind of, it was a little bit easier on the tutorial day because I think that's a natural state for a player to feel when you first open up a game. You're a little bit hesitant and you're trying to work it out, uh, but you're also excited. Um, but we also added a few things like, for example, the, the first interaction with the capybara. Uh, you feel excited to see the capybara, for example, and then you the game is encouraged you, encouraging you to go up and pet the capybara and then the capybara runs away and then you feel a little bit insecure because you startled it. So we did sort of purposely uh, put these feelings we want that they had uh, the players to have into the design of the game. Um, but we also had a lot to play with in terms of that, to set that mood for the player by changing the weather, and tweaking how hard the butterflies was to find and tweaking the tone of the journal entries for the player as well. Yeah. Wonderful, wonderful response. Thank you. And a very detailed one. It was very successful, at least for me. <laughs> The presence of <laughs> the uh, the notebook in Flutter Away. Before listeners should know that the, there's a very prominent place the notebook plays. It's almost another character, almost like a narrator talking back to you, guiding you, and it does grant some structure to the player. That otherwise they'll be wandering around aimlessly, not really knowing what to do next. Can you talk us through how this came to be? Yeah, so I think like when when possible, I do prefer kind of any UI or tools in the games to make intuitive sense and kind of match the real world. So choosing a notebook felt like an appropriate thing um, uh, for a researcher to bring to the Amazon rainforest. Also, this is not um, our first butterfly game we've made as a studio. We also have a game called Flutter Butterfly Sanctuary, which is uh, more of a collecting idle game for mobile. And uh, in that game, the way we display the collection element is through a Flutterpedia. Um, so, and you also unlock facts about the butterflies in a book. And we thought that that was sort of a really successful way to uh, display uh, a collection element um, so we built that we built on that in Flutter Away um, but wanted to give it more of a personal touch in the way it looked um, and also the way the information was filled out so we were really inspired by uh, Jonas our nature researcher so we had a full-time nature researcher on this project 
and he um, brought his uh, own uh, field journals in, which has these beautiful illustrations and notes about um, things that he's observed on his hikes. So we were really inspired by that. And we also looked at other kind of field journals. So we wanted to give this uh, book more, not just being a, here's the facts and here's your objectives, but also tell a little bit of a story and be more like a diary as well. Uh, the protagonist is a researcher. So uh, there are some uh, sort of facts sprinkled into there from a researcher's point of view, but there's also some more personal notes, which gives this book more of a field journal uh, diary vibe. Um, and we've reflected that in the way uh, we chose the font to be more of a handwriting font and also um, the sketches. We wanted them to feel like it's something the player just uh, or the protagonist um, just whipped up as they saw uh, things in the environment. Um, but we also have the uh, to-do list um, in the journal, which sort of gently guides the player uh, through the gameplay and just giving the players uh, something to do next every time, just so they don't feel like they get lost. So we wanted the journal to really feel like the place you go to when you don't know what to do, but also a rewarding place to fill out things that everything that you you find uh, as you're walking through Flutterway. The notebook isn't the only thing that guides the player and what they should be doing, maybe encountering. You also have an indicating sort of like help to say that, oh, this, this part of this incredible forest is actually something you should pay attention to without beating the player over the head. Can you talk us through the design of this aspect of Flutter Away? Yes, I think maybe you're referring to... Uh, the falling logs and maybe the sunbeams um, guiding the player. Um, yeah, so again, we just wanted something that felt uh, natural and part of the world to guide the player. And in in the VR experience of Flutter Away, we used sound a lot to guide the player as well. Um, uh, it's still in the game now, but it's not as prominent as it was in the VR version. So, for example, we have, like, every day have hidden frogs, for example. And if you listen to the frog noise and follow that noise, you will actually find the frogs. Um, we also have the big logs. Uh, and once the player have um, done certain amounts of actions, they will fall down and that will open up another trail. And they have a big sound <laughs> um, uh, to them. And then you can kind of see them visually uh, falling down as well, um, depending on where you are on the map when it happens. But it would either be sound or sort of the, the visual cue guiding the player to go there. Um, and then we also have the sunbeams that are sort of gently um, guiding the player to certain discoveries. Um, and it's guiding the player to the discoveries that they 
they need to find in order to progress through the game. There are also uh, quite a lot of discoveries that we aren't guiding the player to find at all that are optional for them to find as well. Uh, but I think in terms of for the Steam and Switch version of the game, I think the Sunbeams were maybe uh, too much of a hint because uh, we usually design for what we call passive non-gamers. So people who um, would potentially really love games, but they don't necessarily identify as gamers. Maybe they have played a lot of one game, but not um, heaps of games. Um, so the way we designed it was for that audience. And I think that didn't perfectly align with the Steam and uh, Switch audience. So we could probably have uh, dialed down um, the um, the hints a little bit. So I think we may do that uh, with an update. Uh, but this is our first um, Steam and Switch game. So we are learning about this audience as we go as well. Yes, there are many, 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 many games and they... The language and lexicon of them are well known, and any deviation from that uh, leads to some pushback, unfortunately. Next and last question. The sound design in Flutter Away is, in my opinion, quite exceptional. Many of the samples and images and well, tracks, if you like, appear to be taken directly from the creatures that you're encountering is that so and how did you go about doing this and incorporating it into flutter away um that's a great question so we worked with um a studio called summertone interactive uh, and we actually started to work with them uh, during uh, like early during the production of the game because we really wanted sound to be a big part of this experience and part of that was because um one of our design pillars was that we wanted to create this sort of really relaxing almost meditative experience um and we really wanted to lean into that uh with audio um so they did a really fantastic job and um i'm really impressed with how much how little guidance we gave them and how much they actually uh, produced and uh, how much they poured kind of their own creativity into the project as well um but in terms of the animal sounds this is actually a really funny story because it's really hard to record animal sounds uh, without having a lot of um, interfering noises, uh, especially wild animals. Um, so the way they did it, and you don't want to bring a capybara into a studio um, to record their noises. So the way they did it is that they, oh, I'm not sure about the frogs. I don't think they did this for the frog, but I know that they did this for uh, the capybara. They recorded the capybara in the wild. So they had the audios of how a capybara sounds. And then they sped it down a lot. So they sped that audio down a lot. And then they had a voice actor mimic the sped down version of what a capybara sounds like. And then they sped that up again 
and it sounds exactly like a real life capybara. So it's actually a man, a real man, making the audio of the capybara in Flutter away. Well, there you go. Why ask that question? Because <laughs> it's like there's so much going on there. Uh, like I said, I'm seriously doubt they got a, uh, a, a capybara sort of like going into the studio. So, oh, is that okay? Do you want another take on that? Like, it doesn't work that way. I mean, they're, they're not very yeah, tame, some... creatures anyway. So, you know. Yeah, and some ethical rules around, um, I guess, animal labor as well, and that we got around with doing Quite it so. this way. Quite so, Flutter Away, uh, it's been developed by Runaway Play. Where's the name of the studio come from? Um, so I think the, the name came from kind of that feeling how when you play games, is it's almost like an escape. You can just run away and play a game. That's what it came from. That's fair. And what platforms is Flutter Away available on? So Flutter Away is available on PC and Mac and Nintendo Switch. It is indeed. I, the, I uh, played it on PC once, so you know. And uh, it's a wondrous cool. experience. It's lovely. Oh, thank you so much. Well, Emma, it's been wonderful having you on the show. And um, you're more than welcome to come back to talk about what next Runaway Play is currently cooking up. I don't know what it would be, but I'm sure it's going to mm-hmm. be just as wondrous as Flutter Away. But until then, thank you so much. Thank you so much. This was really fun. <laughs> you have been listening to the Sausage Factory podcast part of the Cane and Rinse Collective. Support us for just two US dollars per month at patreon.com forward slash Cane and Rinse for early, extended and exclusive podcasts. Find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Twitch, YouTube and at our website caneandrinse.com.
Thank you.